Welcome to the e-commerce growth show brought to you by Segmentify. Dear ladies and gentlemen, uh, good morning and welcome to e-commerce growth show. Uh, today we have a privilege to present you Mr. Luka Gabrosek from Mastercard Slovenia. He is a business director and he will present us a new reality. So, and uh, what is the most important role of digital payment? So Mr. Gabrosek, the stage is yours, welcome. And thanks uh, thank for you, joining us today. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, Alexandra. Happy to be here. Unfortunately, this time from my basement, not, not in a good auditorium. Uh, this conference always had, I think, the best auditorium setups uh, in Slovenia. So it's really unfortunate. But look, I'm looking for next year's uh, when things normalize, hopefully. Yeah. So, um, yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for this opportunity. Well, I will speak about uh, the role of digital payments or electronic payments in, in this new world. So let me start first with, uh, well, with the image of the deep space antenna. So this is uh, something that was created like 50 years ago. So um, why am I saying this? So like three or four days ago, uh, the news broke out that NASA again reestablished the contact with uh, Voyager 2 probe after some lengthy repairs to this exact antenna that's on picture in Australia. So 43 years ago, uh, running on plutonium cell, the Voyager probe was, were launched, two of them, and they're producing approximately 200 watts of power, uh, which is kind of equivalent of a laptop power adapter. And they are now approximately 17 light hours away. So this is like billions of kilometers, but they can still communicate with Earth with this ancient technology. So imagine that uh, when being frustrated about poor Wi-Fi reception, for example, from your next room. <laughs> and uh, why am I mentioning this? So. Uh, it's a technology that's basically frozen in time, but it still performs flawlessly. So it still works. Uh, we can still communicate with the probe. We, we are gathering data. And back then in, in 60s, 70s, I think patience was far greater than it is now. So they, people were willing to invest and, and to really wait for the results for decades. I don't think now is now is the same uh, situation. So. Uh, today, today we want everything to evolve fast, to develop fast, to react fast. Uh, but, but at the same time, we are also looking at, at some trends that are developing really slowly and they're just walking beside us and, and we don't even notice the development. So why am I mentioning this uh, in terms of, uh, so roughly at the same time, uh, many inventions, many other inventions took place. Like um, one of them is digitization of payments or electronization of payments, sorry for, for the word. But uh, um, basically they moved uh, from, from paperwork or cash or, or sending really, um, let's say offline data from bank to bank to a network. And this changed business drastically. So uh, actually it became obvious that payments are, are actually an enabler for commerce. So I'm moving to the next slide. 
where I want to emphasize how much payments and commerce are interlinked between each other. If payments are enabling commerce, so without payments, there, there is zero commerce because you cannot exchange goods for some mean of value. Um, commerce is also in the same time driving the payments evolution. So whatever commerce needs, payments will adapt to, to support commerce because at the end, they want to walk the same path uh, of, of evolution in terms of supporting some new business ideas uh, on how to basically create value uh, for, for merchants and for the consumers themselves. So as said, uh, as payments evolved, we were looking at a lot of trends. So here is just some, some things that I just put on, on, on the table what we are actually monitoring, where we see a big change. And some of these things are really evolving quickly. Like, I don't know, contactless is one of the, one of the most, let's say successful innovations where in few years it became, it completely changed people's habits, how to purchase goods. So if, if like three years ago, it was still weird if, if uh, um, you did not hand out your card on the point of sale to the merchant, and you wanted to keep it in your hand and tap yourself. Basically today, after three years, the habit changed completely. And it's really strange if somebody wants to pull your card from the hand. So this is one of the, one of the examples where, where innovation really came quickly, but others tend to follow really slowly, like conversion cash to electronic payments. It goes maybe two percentage points per year. The, the transformation is, is, is such. And, and we are just walking along and seeing cash losing a bit of an appeal, but still having it in, in, a, lot of, in a lot of ways that we are doing business. And I wanna challenge that, or at least I wanna see it through the prism of, of, of this crisis of uh, pandemic, how things are changing. Uh, are they changing quicker now? Or are they just, is it just an anomaly and the trends will return to its, uh, its established paths? Um, moving on, so again, sticking to the trends, uh, basically one of the, let's say, uh, most obvious trends is um, bridging the gap that trade-off between user experience and safety or security within payments is, is uh, trying to do. So we always were looking at this trade-off. So either you had really nice, really uh, comfortable user experience for payments, but it lacked security or you had very good security while the user experience suffered. So if we tackle that successfully in the physical environment, so the normal tapping of the card on the POS is basically ultimate user experience. Okay, it can evolve a little more with the wallets and, and things like that, but it's already here. So it's very secure and very convenient. We, we, we still have an, a gap or the obligation to, to, to boost um, or to bridge this gap in, in the e-com space. Uh, so there are several, let's say, drivers that are pushing the, the evolution in econ space. And one of them is for sure PSD2 regulation. So it's very much uh, aligned with the current needs uh, of the pandemic. Unfortunately, uh, the PSD2 regulation, which, which, kind of which kind of dictates how the security should be tackled within the proper user experience, um, 
and the tech is following. So the PSPs, the banks, every the merchants, every everybody's getting ready to to boost the user experience on e-com to accommodate the PSD2 requirements. Uh, basically, the trends are here, and and right now, right at the, the end of 2020. A lot of things will change in the e-com space when it comes to strong customer authentication of transaction and so on. Sorry for interruption, but only for the audience who will uh, hear this for the first time. What is exactly PSD2, please? Payment Service Directive 2, okay. uh, basically EBA, the European uh, Authority for Payments. Uh, created this uh, legislation or, or, or a regulation that was implemented in the local laws throughout the European Union uh, member states. And this requires certain evolution or certain adaptation of the current um, technology and the current way of how transactions are being authorized. Uh, so it requires every transaction to be to be strongly authenticated. Uh, what strong authentication? Maybe some other time. Okay. Okay. Um, so, what we what we saw is a lot of technology being de developed for this to accommodate this PSD two, and a lot of technology became obsolete. So we are just striking it out, and uh, at the end, as an end result, we will come to a better user experience with higher security. And how does it go? So as said, these trends are usually very slow. So we are, let me just give you some examples. So we were ex experiencing, um, for example, growth in cross-border traffic. So people were traveling more and more and uh, cross-border traffic was, um, so cross-border payments were growing a, 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 lot, a lot faster, I'd say, uh, compared to domestic spend. Uh, another trend is that um, basically, the ratio between POS payments and ATM withdrawals are are slowly coming to the favor of POS payments. So, the transaction value, so average transaction value, is dropping, but really slowly, like from 22 euros to 21 euros in maybe two years' time. Uh, the average transaction value. I mean. And we were kind of following these trends and anticipating the future. And then the pandemic hit. And maybe maybe one more interesting thing. So two years ago, I was I was having the presentation in e-commerce day as well. And this was my slide. So um, maybe that middle part um, that in, we were predicting that in five years time, 20% of the traffic will go on e-com. So let me say that when the pandemic hit, these trends went out of out of the box. So um, we really don't know are they new trends or are they just an anomaly? It depends also on the duration of, of the pandemic and everything. But I, I strongly suspect that some of these things will, will be here to stay. So mentioning this 20% uh, to be reached in 2022, let me just say that in April this year, we have reached 50% in 2020. Of course, it was just a spike. But now, looking at the second wave, uh, we are we are coming there uh, as well once more. So let's see where the numbers takes us. But 20% in 2022, we can easily say that that this is going to be breached already this year, and I'm almost positive that it's going to stay. So that this uh, that this ratio is going to correct itself 
very, very much quicker than we have anticipated uh, by following the the trends, uh, the slower trends that were uh, kind of seen in the last decade or so. Okay, so moving on, um, maybe where are we now? So again, we are facing a huge lockdown everywhere, not just in Slovenia. So, um, and it's a problem because uh, people are not traveling and it, it, it's a huge deal within payments industry because international payments are one of the key drivers of the industry itself, the tourism, the cross-border shopping and so on. Um, so we see a lot of uh, messages that these lockdowns are actually just becoming, uh, just being enforced. So it's not like in Slovenia where we, we got kind of got used to it in two weeks time. I think uh, it will get a little worse before it gets better and it heavily impacts the decision making. So I guess that you all had the, the chance to participate in the April experience where a lot of so uh, here another example how the pandemic is now again growing or, or how the new cases are evolving everything is becoming now red and second wave is definitely coming is it's here already and we really don't know how long it's gonna last we have some positive news yesterday about the vaccine but but you never know about these things it, it may take additional year in actually what we had in, in July, August, we had a lot of presentations done, uh, what happened during and after the pandemic. And it's amazing looking at three month old presentations and seeing those words like after the pandemic. And we are now hit with the far greater one that uh, happened in April. So we need to be careful here. But from the business perspective, it, these are really important questions. Will it take long? Uh, is it the last one and so on? So if, if uh, the reaction of the business is crucial. So um, again, coming back to the trends, um, if we scale down this one uh, that I just displayed and try to see what's coming. Uh, so let's try to predict uh, which trends are going to stay and which trends are not really new trends, but are just the anomaly. So I have written some pointers here and let's, uh, I will try to discuss each of, each one of them uh, and see, uh, I don't wanna make too, too, too much of a prediction uh, more than maybe put some food for thought in your mind, how this could impact your business and how can you react to the new reality? So is it, is it speeding up change or will the change be as slow as it was? Uh, for sure, we can agree that the changes will be faster. So an example could be that a lot of people that never did e-shopping uh, now got used to it. And since e-shopping e or e-commerce is, is in some ways, of course, it is superior to, to a physical or, or the shopping that like we did from the 50s onwards, uh, of course, the change will stay. So a lot of people will use their payment mechanisms, the delivery options and everything to buy certain goods online from now on. So moving your business online or omnichannel, I think this is the obvious, uh, the obvious choice. 
domestic or cross-border? Will cross-border return? I don't know. So will people get used to being at home, spending holidays at home, or suddenly at the end of pandemic, everybody will rush across the border once more? Uh, let's see how the how the travel industry recovers. Uh, what will be the the airline situation with with the ticket prices and so on? But this one is for sure interesting to me, and I don't have a clear answer. Um, moving on to cash or electronic payments. So we have seen the sudden shift to electronic payments. First of all, cash is is kind of inconvenient for certain. Uh, services now, uh, for example, food delivery through the aggregators like Vort or Ehrana, they they are operating now almost exclusively on on electronic payments methods, and this is also changing people's habits. So people are getting used to being food delivered and not paying delivery, but paying on order because it's much more convenient. Then you just step out and collect the bag, and and you're done. So when once you once you onboard yourself as a consumer, and that was the major hurdle um, to basically set up the app and everything, you are one click away of, of, of ordering and buying the food. And, and this is the superior user experience that is making cash kind of uh, obsolete. Uh, of course, some industries will still be cash driven, but uh, if we look at the aggregate picture, I think electronic payments uh, will be um, kind of heading the the commerce uh, from when from beyond 2020 ecom or physical that's again very clear answer so uh, ecom will get a tremendous boost and it will be here to stay it's almost the uh, logical thing we were a, a lot of time we were maybe just browsing on the on the um, websites but then then we still came to the store and buy the goods or vice versa but now i think ecom has evolved in in just six months so much that basically even buying food or buying like really stuff that you know like dishwasher powder or, or something like that is becoming more and more uh normal if you just uh, get it, order it online and get it, getting it delivered. So I think e-com boost will remain even after pandemic. Mobile or desktop, for sure, everything is adapting to mobile. I was kind of skeptical of this because I, I was always uh, the one who, who liked to, to browse and everything, do it, uh, do it basically on a bigger screen, but now I see that uh, there are some advantages of mobile that are clear, clear uh, advantages in terms of logging, in terms of payment, in terms of authentication, which is coming to mobile in a, in a biometric way. So I think mobile commerce will have additional boost uh, to what we were already witnessing as a slow trend. Okay. Um, Pay online or pay on delivery. Uh, more and more is paying online uh, being accepted. So uh, the risk um, or, or the perception of risk uh, is getting lower and lower. Merchants also like to be paid online uh, prior to the delivery because there is certain logistics and, and resource uh, advantages for that. So I guess that uh, Online payments compared to paying on delivery will, will also get tremendous boosts. 
And uh, one interesting thing uh, which popped into my mind, it's not directly related to payments, but uh, how do we perceive marketplace compared to the specialized shops? So are you as a merchant forced to go to a marketplace to sell goods or are, do specialized shops have a, have a light of day? I don't know, but, but I, I, I talked to a lot of guys uh, about this. Um, and basically, if you know what you're buying, then marketplace is fine. If you want to buy, let's say, very specific good or, or uh, high-end stuff, then you need to visit a specialized store. It's simply much more narrowed selection uh, to what you really want. So it depends on how much you know what you want. This is also very, very interesting uh, part of, of uh, how to position your business. Is it, is it okay to just place it on the marketplace, which is easy, uh, but it costs some money? Or you create a special shop, you need to do a different kind of marketing, you need to set up the payment methods and, and everything, but at the end, you might get better result with that or a combination of both, I don't know. So it depends on the business itself. Um, so moving back to, to where we try to get, uh, so all the drivers are, are improving the e-commerce in, in both, let's say, key metrics, security and UX. And uh, actually, these drivers just got accelerated uh, by the pandemic. So I guess that e-com, if, you if you're not on e-com, if you were not making a shift uh, in April and you kind of uh, wiped your forehead, okay, we got through it uh, in August. I think you have the same issue now and it's only a matter of time before you become an omni-channel merchant, I guess. Uh, so I think the key to the key reaction points uh, for this pandemic are that you need to react fast. Um, you don't need to, you, you shouldn't wait. You have to go online. Um, and you have to adapt the business model and uh, you have to make sure your payments work because without payments there is simply no commerce um, that's my contribution and thank you for this opportunity thank you Alexandra. yes uh, i have several questions actually uh, what would be your advice uh, to business uh, who are now changing let's say in this second way and still haven't done properly in the first way what is the actually the biggest mistake uh, that uh, some of the companies or uh, let's say uh, uh, managers uh, have done wrong or didn't considered before the uh, second wave well, if you if you ask only about the biggest mistake, I would just uh, say that the gap or the time gap, because you know, uh, when there is a gap, people will turn to other merchants who are selling uh, basically a competitive good, and if you get used to having a good experience at the other merchant, basically you can lose you can lose a customer for 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 good. So react fast even if the solution is not perfect i think fast reaction if you're not online today uh, you should be so i can give you a concrete example from april where a hardwood uh, hard good store like mm -hmm. mercur was already ready while bauhaus for example was was not and from from a lot of experience i i i kind of know that uh, this this was actually a good 
position to be in for Mercure and quite a shitty one for, for the one who is not because it's hard to set up an online store just from from deciding right. to, to having it live. So it takes months. Of course, now they are live, so they reacted, but, but that's one very specific example that shows how important this is that the management did actually react. Then you have some other examples. I just don't want to name everybody, but this is truly important. Go online as fast as possible. Even facilitate the marketplace options if you don't have other capacity. Okay, uh, you mentioned also at the beginning that uh, the, uh, at this Voyager 1 and 2 that uh, this technology had uh, frozen in time, you know, 20 years ago when they launched them. So uh, is 43. there a Oh, yes. I know because I'm 43. <laughs> <laughs> we were quite young at that time. So, uh, should be this kind of, uh, let's say, era that we are living right now, uh, these two waves, or if there's a third wave would follow, that mm -hmm. this will be also kind of a frozen in time era, you know, and uh, we don't know uh, if we will manage to move even faster after this, everything is over we hope so i mean i as said i think some of the trends will return to its normal but some of them are surely staying uh, in in terms of commerce for sure ecom will get a tremendous let's say marketing campaign because because it's 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 solving a lot of issues imagine that ecom would wouldn't be here uh, on, on, in the first lockdown, you, you couldn't even, you could, some of us couldn't even go and get right. food. Yeah. So it's essential and it's becoming from a nice to have to essential. And when the things become essential, then money starts pouring in even more and the opportunities come and innovation is faster and everything. So it's just getting a boost. Uh, so I don't think it's, it's changing the outcome a lot or even at all. So eventually we would come to this situation um, because electronics all, all around us are basically driving our habits to change. This just accelerated it a lot, not just a bit. Okay, and here is also the last question for me. Uh, in the beginning of the presentation, you uh, mentioned that uh, in a transaction value uh, was dropping, you know, from 22 yeah. to 21. So do you have kind of uh, data what is transaction value uh, now, or let's say in the first wave at least? Uh, how much was it? It depends on the channel. Uh, so there are a lot of metrics uh, behind that. And if I just generalize, it's around 23, but it doesn't really matter uh, because this is just for cards and, and you, you have types of cards. It's more of the dynamics. And the interesting thing is that the transaction value now is getting higher and higher. But it's, I think, more because of the consolidated purchases in the in the physical stores. So we are going uh, less frequently and buying more stuff at, at the same time. And this one is, I'm almost positive about this one, that this one is not going to stay. So when the things normalize, everything will come. Uh, so we will again be purchasing uh, more 
in in terms of what we need in the moment not having really thought throughout what our bag will look like in a week's time and then went and fill up our uh, trunks of the cars uh, with the complete purchase I'm, I'm just saying that that maybe maybe i'm uh, uh, just deducting something out of the transactional data but this is usually correct so we can we can really uh, transform what the data of the transaction is showing us to the actual what's actually happening in the economy but as the trend has said i think this one is the one that's going to return and the transaction value will drop again uh, to to the levels that we were seeing before the crisis okay and going to balance our lives again right <laughs> I mean, and you will you will spend more maybe in, in for coffee in a bar instead of uh, buying a big pack of coffee and cook it your, on your own. Yeah. yeah. Or and not. To see your or not. Physically again. <laughs> or not. You can have Zoom sessions on Friday instead of instead of uh, going uh, to okay. the restaurant, right? And next time we will do a video recording. Hopefully that one doesn't to stay. together, we think. Yes, definitely. So yeah, uh, thank you so much for sharing all these trends, experiences. Uh, it was really our uh, privilege. And also warmly uh, invite to uh, next uh, session uh, when you have something like this. Yeah. So. Uh, Thanks thank a lot of, for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So, ladies and gentlemen, dear followers, uh, enjoy us also next time with next session at uh, e-commerce growth show. Goodbye. Bye bye.